Thanks for checking out Church on the Rock's message this week. We would love to help you take your next step in knowing God better. The best way to do that is visit cotr.org slash next steps. Or if you're not near our physical campus, visit our online community at cotr.org slash online. Enjoy the message and know that God is for you. You can open your Bible on Psalm 78, verse 40 and 42. But before we go there, I would like to do a, an experiment, okay? And I need your help. Can you guys help me with this? Okay, so this is how it's going to work. Um, we're going to put some pictures on the screens. And I need you guys to let me know who do you think they are. Simple enough, right? Okay, so there we have on number one, who, who do you think it is? Michael, Michael Scott? No. No. No, 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 no. I mean, okay, so it has to be with technology. Somebody said it. Steve Jobs. Very good, very good. We got Steve Jobs on number one. Okay, okay. Number two. No, no, no. Uh, it has to be, if I say this, you guys are going to get it fast. Um, it's super creative. A lot of imagination. Walt Disney. Very good, very good, very good. Walt Disney, Walt Disney. Okay. And then number three. Michael Jordan, you guys got it, you guys got it. Come on, give a hand, a hand clap to yourself. You guys did great, you guys did great. You know, um, there's something about them that um, it really um, gets my attention is that they all were dreamers. They were big dreamers. And even though they went through adversity, they didn't let that adversity become their future. And today, we're going to continue our teaching on don't limit God. Say to a person right next to you, don't limit God. And the big idea of this message is that to receive what God has for me, I need to dream big, have the right attitude, and believe that God can do it. You know, so many times, it's so easy for us to limit God, and we do it without knowing it. Do you know that we have the power to limit God? We, we, we studied that a couple of weeks ago. Who remembers? Right? And we were talking about complaining. And we learned how complaining will limit what God can do in my life. And I would like to recap those five points so we are on the same page. So what happens when I complain? Number one, I limit what God can do in my life. So notice that complaining will limit, it's like putting a stop to God's blessings on my life. And it's funny because complaining sometimes comes so easy. Have you ever been in a situation that you caught yourself like, what, but why am I saying this? Why am I thinking this way? If I know the God that I serve, if he brought me right here into this moment right now, I know that he can do it again. But it's so easy to get into that trap because the enemy is right there like a roaring lion every day to try to get us into a lie so we can limit God. Amen? Number two, I lose the victory. How many know that we are not victims here on Church on the Rock, but we are victors? 
So if we say with God that he already had the victory, that means that you and I have the victory over our problems. We have the victory of it over, over any situation that we're facing today. But this world, the culture that we're living today, with the chaos that is outside, that is like a virus that is trying to infect us with their beliefs, with everything that is happening, they want us to also be paranoid. They want us also to be scared about everything that is happening. But we know the truth, amen? We know this. We serve a God that already defeated the dead. Amen? So number one, I limit what God can do in my life. Number two, I lose the victory. Number three, it opens the door to the destroyer. It opens the door to the destroyer. So when I complain, it's like literally positioning myself so the enemy can attack me. Number four, it robs me from the best of God. It robs me from the best of God. So number one, we have, I limit what God can do in my life. Number two, I lose the victory. Number three, it opens the door to the destroyer. Number four, it robs me of the best of God. And number five, God is displeased and I lose his favor. How many of you like baseball? Baseball, right? We're praying for the Cardinals, amen? Okay, so, you know, th think of this. Complaining is like you being the catcher of a baseball team. But instead of putting your feet on the home plate when somebody's throwing you the ball, you are out of position. Okay, so when you complain, you get out of position and you're not able to receive what God has for you. So, so we need to position ourselves so we can receive what God has for us. Amen. So tell to the person right next to you, don't leave it, God. Don't leave the home plate. Pastor says, the voice of non-belief is complaining. When I complain, I remain. I cannot be in faith and complain at the same time. I cannot be in faith and complain at the same time. Let's go to the scripture on Psalms 78, base 40. And here we have the people of Israel. God already delivered them from Pharaoh, from all the plagues. But look what's happening here. How often they provoke him in the wilderness and grieve him in the desert. Yes, again and again, they tempted God and limit the Holy One of Israel. And look at that, that sentence, and limit the Holy One of Israel. So notice that our actions will cause a reaction. What we do is going to cause a reaction of God. So we have the decision if that reaction is going to be a blessing are you guys following me, church? Or if I'm positioning myself to open the door to the destroyer. You know, the, the thing is, and what we don't understand is that we need to be responsible. It's on me. Sometimes it's so easy to um, just point fingers or say, this is happening to me because of that. 
this is happening to me because I was born in a certain place in Puerto Rico. But how about if I turn that around and I say, what am I doing to be in this position today? Everybody said, it's on me. Again, it's on me. We need to take responsibility. You know, the, the world, the culture outside, is, is so easy for us to point fingers and say, okay, no, it's not my fault. It's so easy to get into the trap to be a victim and, and think that everybody is against us and think that, that, that everybody's wrong and that you're the only one right and that the world is going crazy. And, and then we start living in that um, lie. And then we just start affecting not only ourselves, but the people around us. You know, it's more than, than what we think. Our actions are not only impacting us, but it's also impacting the people around us. Say to the person right next to you, don't limit God. Philippians 2.14. Do all things without grumbling and falsening and complaining against God and questioning and doubting among yourself. It's, it's funny because it says all things. It doesn't say some things from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m., right? It's saying all things. You know, it's funny. The other day, I was talking to Violet, and, 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 and something happened, and I said, why am I scared right now? Why am I talking this way? I have not even think of any solution. Because it's automatic for us to think of the worst. It's, it's automatic for us to, to take, you know, to think about what's the worst possible scenario. Which is good at a certain point, but we cannot live around that. We need to think and let God know that, hey, okay, I'm positioning myself, I'm believing, I'm declaring, I'm confessing what you already have said about me. We need to think big. Enlarge our thinking. You know, the other day, I was participating in my first golf tournament, okay? And, and we were celebrating that golf tournament, and there, we have a picture here. But I want to tell you a quick story about this. Why are you guys laughing? <laughs> okay, so in the, okay, I was born in Puerto Rico. We don't play golf. We can play basketball. We can play baseball and other, any other sport. The thing is that golf is golf, okay? So you need to have a lot of patience. It's a mental game, okay? You're fighting against yourself, okay? Let's say it like that. So I remember that going into this tournament, I actually signed up like three days before the tournament because I was praying about it, okay? <laughs> and in, in the build-up to the tournament, Honestly, that day that I was going in my car, I was like, man, God, please help me today. I just don't want to hit a tree or a house or anything. Because, you know, the goal of golf is that the ball goes straight. But if you don't hit it well, it's going to go either side. So imagine what? The first thing that I see when I get to the golf course is a bunch of houses. Okay? So in my mind already, okay. Insurance, you know, is, I'm praying already. So 
I'm trying, what I'm trying to get with this, and, and at the end of the tournament, um, we won. I don't know how it happened, but I mean, we didn't got first place, but we were one of the winners, and it was awesome. We got a great time. But my thinking before the tournament was really small. I was expecting the worst from the beginning. And God literally surprised me. Because even though I knew I didn't have the best skills, I didn't have the best or the most hour of practice, I just took the decision of have fun and just don't think or declare what my mind and my body was telling me. It's so easy for us to expect always the worst. And, and some of us, we have put dreams under our bed because of decisions or because of results from the past. And even though in the small things, in a golf tournament for me in this case, God can still surprise us. And the only thing that I was thinking, I would say, wow, what, what, what happened? Is that honestly, I stopped thinking from the words and I just started having fun. Sometimes we just need to have some fun. And sometimes we just need to declare what God is already said about us. Declare God's promises. We cannot limit God with our thinking. So I have three points for you today, okay? On how do we limit God. Number one, we limit God with small thinking. With small thinking. Isaiah 54 verse 2, look what it says. Make your tents bigger. Open your doors wide. Don't think small. Make your tent large and strong because you will grow in all directions. I really like this because it's not saying that we're going to grow only to the north or to the east. We're going to grow in all directions. So if we take that into our life, I'm not going to be growing myself, but I, my marriage is going to be growing. My relationships are going to be growing. My ministry is going to be growing. My team. I just need to think big and believe that God can do it. Say to a person right next to you, don't limit God. Exchange your thoughts for God's thoughts. Think big. Sometimes we need to take risk. I was the first person. I didn't like to take risk. Can I be honest with you? Sometimes I like to think stuff a lot of times. And I want to look of every possible scenario. You know that sometimes God doesn't call us for us to understand. But just to have faith in him. Sometimes we just are, we are so used to have control of everything. That we get into the trap of not trusting and having faith in God. And it's so easy for us to start taking decisions or not taking decisions because we don't want to take the risk. We need to take risk, but having faith that God will do it. Having faith that God is going to open the road in front of us. That God, as he took the people of Israel to the, through the water, he will also do it with us. Amen? Look at this, Ephesians 3.20. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all 
that we can ask or think according to the power that works in us. Notice that sometimes our thinking is not enough. Sometimes something happens that we're not expecting. This is good. Sometimes we, we, we are walking and it happens that we experience something that we're not expecting. And sometimes that's what God wants for us. But because we want to control it and we want to get control of everything, we're limiting what God can do in our life. God doesn't want us to understand what's happening. But in the middle of the storm, in the moment that we trust God, that we can say, okay, God, I don't understand, but I just praise you. I just give you honor. I just trust you. And I have faith that you're going to direct my steps. Number one, how do you limit God? Small thinking. Number two, with the wrong attitudes. Having the right attitude is more important than skill. Look at this quote. We cannot change our past. We cannot change the fact that people act a certain way. We cannot change the stuff that happens to our life. The only thing that we can do is play one thing, and that is our attitude. I'm convinced that 10% is what happens to me, and 90% is how I react to it. People may hear your words, but they feel your attitude. John Maxwell said that. Have you been in a situation that somebody just talks to you in a wrong attitude? Do you forget about it? <laughs> And then we start like, man, that person talk about me this way. I don't like the way that he look at me. I don't like the way that he referred to me. You know what's the funny thing? We don't like to receive that, but sometimes that's what we do to God. We don't want, we don't want people to do it to us, but us without knowing it, we don't have a great attitude with God. In the little stuff, it's so easy to forget that we are alive right now. It's so easy to forget if I look right over here that everybody here has a pair of shoes. It's so easy to forget that we are breathing. It's so easy to forget that we live in a place that we can worship God with freedom. How do we live in God? Number one, with small thinking. Number two, wrong attitudes. Philippians 2, verse 3 and 4. In whatever you do, don't let selfishness or pride be your guide. Be humble and honor others more than yourself. Honor others more than yourself. We have a power phrase here in church on the rock that we are, that's a service, not serve us. Our mission is to lead people to a God who is for them and helping them discover his purpose for their life. Notice that it's all about people. 
it's all about serving people. That mindset, that drive is what we need to do. You know, it's so easy for us to get into that shelf that me, me, and me. Pastor has teach us so many times before, if we need to receive healing for our life, we need to pray for somebody else that is needing healing. So I need to sow a seed so I can reap something. I need to do something so I can receive what God has for me. We cannot expect to have something if we're not able to give something. What are you giving today? Are we thinking small? How is our attitude? You know, here in church, we need to evaluate ourselves because with the chaos that is happening outside, people is looking at us. People is looking at us to see how we are reacting. People is looking at us to see how we are acting with everything that is happening. I don't know about you, but I want to be example to others. I want to be and have God's favor over my, over my life. I don't want to limit God because I, I wasn't in the correct spot. Because I didn't have my, my feet on, on, the, on the home plate, right? Think that is more than just yourself. We're impacting the people that is around us. Number three, how do we limit God? Focusing on the obstacle. When you focus on the obstacle and impossibilities, your faith gets smaller. We don't want to focus on how big is the mountain. We want to focus on the one that will already defeat the mountain. We want to focus on God because he already gave us the victory. And if he's a victor, I am a victor as well. Because I'm his son. And we have a promise and we have an inheritance. Amen? Isaiah, you can come. Look at this. Look at this. I really like how David... He wasn't focusing on Goliath. You know, it's, it's funny because David had all the reasons to be scared. He was smaller. Maybe he didn't have the tools. He was like, like me on that golf tournament, okay? I, I, I didn't have all the tools. But David knew that he wasn't fighting alone. And there's some people today that need to hear that you're not alone. We serve a God that is with us, a God that is for us, and that he's directing your steps. Don't let fear, don't let a bad decision be the carrier of your future. Don't let whatever happened before coming here to church, don't let what the neighbor said about you, don't let maybe what a teacher said about you, a father. In my second year of college, my mom graduated to heaven. And at that moment, I remember that it's something that you're not expecting. You know, like you, we already... We have those dreams to, you know, have a big family and, and maybe, you know, um, be on a Christmas all together. And I remember that at that time, all of those um, 
mindset and all of that started getting into my mind, into my mind and, and I remember that I wasn't going to be able to have that. And on that specific moment, I remember that as a family, we were all together. We were crying together, grieving together. But I remember that we took a decision that we were going to trust God in this process. I remember that we were on a sad moment, but rejoicing at the same time. It's something that we cannot explain. But I remember that we hold off on a promise that one day in heaven, we were going to all meet together again. And all of those moments that maybe we didn't have together, we were going to have them in heaven. Don't let a bad experience become a life experience. Don't let what happened in the past determine what God can do in your future. Don't let that bad experience determine the type of God that you're going to serve. Determine the type of God that you're going to experience. Determine the type of God that you're going to have in your life. Because God doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So what do we need to do? What do we need to do? Number one, build my faith and believe that God will do it. Jeremiah 29, 29 11. For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. There are plans for good and not for disaster. To give you a future and a hope. To give you a future and hope. What a beautiful promise. You know, the world is telling us that we don't have hope. But God is telling us, hey, I'm here. I have a future. I have hope. We can spend an eternity together in heaven. God is with open arms waiting for us to take that step. Wait, waiting for us to position ourselves, to don't limit Him. So we can experience Him. Number two, what do I need to do? Build my confession with God's word. Build my confession with God's word. Joshua 1.8. Keep this book on the law. Always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. So that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Sometimes we want to do it backwards. We want to have success without the foundation. The Word of God should be our foundation. The Word of God needs to be our guide. We need to love it. We need to study it every day. We need to have hunger for it. Even though sometimes we will not want to read it, but we need to position ourselves, okay, I'm not going to go by feelings. I'm going to go with what is right. Amen. Number three, build my daily prayer time. 
Luke 5, 16. Jesus often went away to other places to be alone so that he could pray. If Jesus did it, we need to do it. Notice that Jesus knew that without prayer, it was going to be more difficult. That without having that personal time alone with his Father, we got, it was going to be more difficult. We need to have hunger for the prayer, for the Word of God. To look every moment so we can be praying and looking to know more the Word of God. Even with that, if we don't do it, we're limiting God. Say to a person right next to you, don't limit God. Come on again, don't limit God. Isaiah 41 verse 10, fear not. For I am with you. Be not dismayed. For I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. And I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. What a beautiful promise. I love that pastor has teaching us time and time again that we cannot declare what we don't know. We cannot declare what we don't know. And sometimes we are going through a battle, through a season that we need weapons to fight. And we're looking left to right to see who can help us when we already have the helper in us. When we already have the weapons that we need to fight our battles. But if we don't know how to use it, how are we going to fight our battles? What is your next step in your faith? Well, here at Church on the Rock, we would love to help you. Maybe it's to learn more about discovering what it means to belong to a church family, being part of a small group, or using your God-given gifts to serve others. Head over to cotr.org slash next steps where you can find out more to all of these. Or if you're part of our online community, visit us at cotr.org slash online. Have a great week and don't forget that God is for you.